Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week we discuss the second episode of the Rohan OVA, Mutsukabi Hill, and episode 195 of Reborn. out there i keep seeing who say they want to go see the sonic movie just because jim carrey is in it and i think those people maybe forgot about movies like the grinch or the the number 23 yeah what was that one um i want to say jack and jill but it's definitely not it Yes, man. I think was the name of it. Yes, yes. There's fun with Dick and Jane. Is that what you're thinking of? That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird to me that 2019 people are looking at a movie with Jim Carrey in it, and going like, "Oh, well, Jim Carrey's in it, so I mean, he's going to carry that whole thing on his back." Yeah, it's nostalgia, I guess. Because look, Dumb and Dumber, great movie. The Mask, great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Ace Ventura, uh, questionable. Ace Ventura 2, very good. Hmm. I think the best, well, this is, I don't think this is going to be much of a controversial opinion, but the best movie that he's been in was Man on the Moon. Uh, okay. What? Controversial for me, I guess. What would you say is his best movie? Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Well, the Sonic movie's not out yet, so I guess we don't like we don't know for sure. Yeah. But it's <laughs> remarkable that the guy they got to play a startling startlingly realistic portrayal of Andy Kaufman is also going to be Dr. Robotnik. At least they are calling him Dr. Robotnik though. That's something. I think I I don't actually know that. Don't they say Robotnik in the trailer? Nope. Oh. They don't say his name at all. Uh the the guy from the Department of Defense or whatever, who's concerned about this hedgehog running around, is right. just like, oh, you're not bringing in him, are you? And then we get the really great scene of Jim Carrey very obviously reading off a cue card. Yes. <laughs> See, I thought uh, I thought they had mentioned Robotnik at some point, but I guess not. But either it might way, have been like, like some technically... leak somewhere where they, they referred to him as Robotnik, but I'm not... Sure. Maybe, but it is canon that like his name is still Dr. Ivo Robotnik. It's just yes. Sonic calls him Eggman because he's an asshole. That, that That is his Christian name, is yeah. Dr. Ivo Robotnik. 
Sonic just wants to fat shame him And really it wouldn't make sense for Like this version of Robotnik To be called Eggman anyway He is not yeah, egg-like wait. No not at all I mean they captured Robotnik's aesthetic Of being skinny and having hair So well in this movie Mm-hmm. Oh but don't worry <laughs> Look uh, at the end of the trailer You see the real Robotnik That's what daddy likes yeah, it's awesome how they had like they fucking knew, right? Like they knew the yes. people were going to look at this and go, "This looks so wrong." So they had to throw the post-credit scene into <laughs> yes. the goddamn trailer. De- like, definitely, yes. It's it's either going to be that, or it's like, um, I told you, I think it's like a dream sequence or something like that. It'd be like, remember when we went to see Meet the Spartans? And there's a part in the trailers and ads for that where Spider-Man goes down the side of a building and Donald Trump says, you're fired, and cuts this, the web line and makes them fall. Not anywhere in the movie. It was just in the credits as like an extended gag reel of things they couldn't figure out how to shove in there. Uh, this one's just for you, person at home watching the trailer to meet the Spartans. Yeah. Just a nice yeah, little there. bonus. I mean... They couldn't find a genius way to get it into the plot of the movie like they could for a uh, baby Shrek vomiting on a Spartan. Or, um, yeah, or the, the bit where they just play the Leave Britney Alone clip in its entirety. Yes, which is being played in the chest of a Transformer that Azamat from Borat turned into uh, after a Grand Theft Auto parody and the Persians stomp the yard. See, that's the thing about Meet the Spartans is you just describe these things and it's like, yeah, that actually sounds like it'd be funny. It's fucking obnoxious and it's stupid, but it's like kind of funny. And then in practice, it is absolutely the worst. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Like, yeah. you hear this concept and it sounds like a Tim and Eric bit or something. Yeah. Like, oh, this that, this is starring so Kevin Sorbo. Yes. Well, Kevin Sorbo does have like the one part of that movie I thought was funny. But... Yeah, Kevin Sorbo is actually the maybe the best part of that entire movie there's a funko pop coming out of uh kevin sorbo hercules just so you know you showed me the post malone funko pop and i thought that seeing sonic the hedgehog's individually rendered teeth was going to be the worst thing that my brain had to process this week but now it's not no Oh. And I don't know whether I should thank you or fly down there and strangle you to death. So it's great because every single previews catalog has about 20 full pages of new Funko Pops. It's <sighs> like packed to the brim. It's just like, hey, here's every person on this MLB team has a Funko Pop now. Yeah, God, no. Right, hold on. I'm going to look. I mean, they just look so good, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why they keep making them. They're great. Those horrible eyes and everything. Uh, they look—they all look like through. the Sonic Popsicle. But just like if you did that for a bunch of other pop culture figures. So actually, there is one from this month that I'm buying for my dad. But it oh, is... Uh, it's just Cousin It from the Addams Family. Oh, and that's so, probably fine then. Yeah, it just looks fine. It's just cousin it with sunglasses and a hat. Like it doesn't yeah. look horrible. It uh, turns out the things that either don't have eyes or already have beady eyes or are just kind of cute in general are the things that translate well into Funko Pop. And then everything else, like a human being, just a human being in any capacity does not make for a good Funko Pop. Uh, there is a uh, 
There are two Axel Foley Funko Pops available for order this month. One of them has him holding bananas. Oh, well, that's a, that's cute, I guess. Sure. There are three that's... Funko Pops from the movie Pretty Woman. <laughs> Want a Funko Pop Richard Gere? Yeah, you One... gotta fucking satisfy that 2019 Pretty Woman fan base. That's right. You have uh, these two Funko Pops of Julia Roberts. One won't let you kiss her. <laughs> uh, the second one, though, <laughs> you can smooch that all day. Please check out my Twitter photo gallery of me forcefully kissing the <laughs> Funko Pop that won't let me kiss her. You can get an entire Funko Pop set of Backstreet Boys. Well, I mean, look, you don't just get one Backstreet Boy. I like how I'm looking at the names of the Backstreet Boys and, like, other than Nick Carter, I don't recognize any of them. Howie yeah. Doreau was a Backstreet Boy? I think you're going to say Howie Mandel was a Backstreet Boy, and that would have been amazing. Howie's back, alright. I was watching an episode <laughs> of X-Files. <laughs> That's how the song goes. <laughs> There's an episode of the X-Files which featured a William Sanderson, the great William Sanderson, may would know as E.B. Farnham on Deadwood, uh, or the guy from the Ham book commercial from Tim and Eric, um, where he is being told by TV screens to kill people. And there's one part where he like turns away from a TV to go get a gun, and as he leaves, it's like the regular view, like what other people would see. It's just like a clip from Bobby's World. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, to to go back before we move away from it entirely to the Sonic thing, uh, I'm pretty sure there was a leak that did like outline the entire plot of that movie, and it actually lines up really well with that trailer, uh, which is that it's really more about Robotnik and how he goes from like kind of just a dick scientist into the robotnik from the games and like progressively he starts to incorporate like more red into his outfit and he loses his hair and it's said that like at the end of the movie he gets transported into sonic's world where he shows up looking like the classic robotnik and it even says that he is fat in that so i wonder if like if you panned down from that bit at the end if he just has a gigantic belly or something Maybe. Hey, uh, would you want um some Funko Pops of the cast of the hit TV show Billions? Would you like a Paul Giamatti Funko Pop? I mean, don't ask me questions you don't want the answer to. Look, I would like a Paul if you're Giamatti figure. I don't know. Oh about yeah. Funko no, Pop. I want I want like a a Hot Toys Paul Giamatti. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. a a four hundred dollar foot tall Paul Giamatti replica. Yeah, like his beard can, is just made with so hyper real you can see his pores. Yes. Uh, would you like? Oh, he's got a lot of them. Would you like a two pack of uh, Sanford and Son? <laughs> oh, it's got and Son. Yeah, Fred and Lamont. They're both here. Celebrate a beloved sitcom that ran for five years and 136 episodes Jeez. by bringing Yikes. home the titular characters. Pop, Fred Sanford, and Lamont Sanford of Sanford & Son are rocking a classic 70s style. 
Each pop figure stands blah 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 blah. Okay, great. Uh, I appreciate that Fred Sanford is gripping his chest uh, and reaching out. Uh, R.I.P. Red Fox. Yeah. Did we uh, do something this week? Is there like a thing that we were supposed to do? You can get, uh, wow, you can get Funko Pops of all of the members of BTS. You know BTS, right? No. Baking Terror of Cisnus every what? day. Wait, now Did they're... you just <laughs> cast a hex? Like... They're, uh, they're Korean K-pop boy band. Okay. There are seven of these. No, of course. Why would? Why would I know about a Korean K-pop? They were uh, on SNL a couple weeks ago. Why would I know about anything that happened on SNL? But the idea is that if something's on SNL, generally you should at least have some idea of what they are. I don't know what's happening on SNL anymore because I stopped checking the AV Club probably about three months ago. Okay. That that was like my only window in because they'd be like, oh, check out the new uh, Donald Trump bit. Yeah, I find Red out Kavanaugh. what happened on SNL thanks to Laser. He's a big fan. Ah. Well. Talking about Major Laser. No, course. no. The Laser, formerly Pepsi. Uh, oh. You know, not everybody oh. is perfect, and he has an affinity for SNL. Yeah. Now, you can get a uh, fun co pop of the Gopher from Caddyshack. How about that? Are there any JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Funko Pops? No. Not yet. What? There uh, aren't any Star what? Trek ones either, I don't think, which is weird. Like, you would think you could get what? a Funko Pop of Quark, but no. What? No Quark? No, there's a whole lot of uh, Ghostbusters. Um, Yeah. You can get a don't, Funko Pop. Don't buy the... any of the male Ghostbusters, though, because then you're part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, like in a good movie. You can get a Funko Pop of the Philly Fanatic. <laughs> alright, actually, that sounds kind of alright. Or the Baltimore Oriole. This is, can we just talk about JoJo's now? I'm so sick of hearing about Funko Pops. <laughs> You and me both. This <laughs> is just you reading a fucking Funko Pop catalog. <laughs> this is the worst. There's nothing funny about it. I got nothing like, to rip on. This no, just here, fucking it, sucks, here's dude. The, here's the thing, though. Funko Pop Jim Henson. It's just Jim Henson, and he's holding a tiny Kermit. <laughs> oh. That's the ultimate insult. He's just this is dead the worst thing. and rotting, and they made a Funko Pop out of him. There's a Funko Pop Babe Ruth in here. That's not nearly as disrespectful as Jim Henson. Oh, no. That's the worst thing to ever happen to Jim Henson. Also, look, here's the thing. I, I, I count dying into that, by the way. Like the, You talk about that this is a waste of time, but guess what? Yeah. You know what, it's not going to take that long, so big whoop. Yeah, no. 
Well, let's talk about JoJo's first. Uh, on this episode, you know, Jorno and the gang. Uh, I am Larry Davis. Lost. With me is George Brundle. We're here with Stan Deliver. We're talking about uh, the second episode of the Rohan OVA, Mutsukabe Hill. Uh, here we go. Take it away. Yeah, this is ostensibly a JoJo's podcast and not a reading of the 2019 Funko Pop calendar, oh, this as is you may just, have been led to believe this just by the May last half an hour. <sighs> anyway, I look. I'm still not digging this OVA. I like this one. I did not care much for it. Well, uh, I dumb. think that all. I think that. Excuse me. I did not just read every fucking Funko Pop bio well, for so... the last six hours of Pump. Oh of yeah, Funko yeah. Pop. Sorry. I should uh, dig up a YouTube video about some house that a bunch of idiots lived in, and then talk about that for literally thirty minutes, this and then is, have to restart. What you did. What you did was so much worse. No, it wasn't. We actually got yes, some comedy was. out of it, and also it was like no, ten we minutes. Did not. Yes. This was a crime that you committed against me. Well, look, I'm not going to restart this like we had to after your dumbass Final Fantasy house debacle. Uh-huh. No, uh, no, no. This Rohan episode fucking sucks. It's boring. All the bits with Rohan are so fucking boring. Yes, all They're the bits boring with in Rohan. The la- it's like okay. seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was like dead half the episode. Nope. Like that bit at the start just goes on forever. It really doesn't. I disagree completely. It just drags. It doesn't matter Rohan... if you agree. It's a fact. It did not. No, it doesn't. It went on for like 15 fucking minutes. Like no, all the didn't. Rohan bits of that episode go on for about 15 minutes. No, they don't. Because there's this whole bit with like another editor shows up and talks about him when we get like a whole recap of, ah, oh, well, I'm bankrupt. I bought a mountain. It's like I was doing research total. on yokai. I got way into yokai watch. Mm, yeah, he had to get a um, Not distracted. a manji mutt. This is, by the way, uh, why Berserk constantly gets delayed is... Um, oh, what game is it? I think it's like Rhythm Heaven or something like that Mira is way fucking into. Alright, I wouldn't have expected which that. Is, but sure. Which is kind of great. So yes, I do like this idea that maybe Yo- maybe Rohan is actually way into like yokai watch and doesn't get any work done. So basically, it's like um, uh, Joe Maduera who never finished Battle Chasers because he became addicted to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, this is why it's taken like why we went eight months without getting a new issue of Berserk, and then we got one, and now it's literally on hiatus again. I thought he would at least like get two chapters out before going on hiatus nope. again, but no, it's yeah. whatever. I'm going to enjoy reading the next issue when it comes out in like a year. <sighs> anyway, his editor is—he uh, basically wants an advance, um, and then kind of gets into like uh, what he sort of found out from observing uh, th- this community up in the mountains, uh, specifically about a woman. Uh, and so it Wait. takes forever to get to this. We we get finally get explanation for why he bought a mountain, which he mentions in the last episode, but doesn't say why. Yeah, it was no, because he, it was he wanted to do to it find for... out about yokai. Yeah. Uh, so so we get this whole explanation, and then we cut into like I think what was actually the interesting portion of Wait, this OVA. Before that, you're not see. Look, you just my eyes. 
glazed over in like the you... first 10 minutes where this just keeps going on. But what about when Tamami shows not up focus on and Akira? I t- literally forgot about that. You dumbass. See, oh, well, my, here's a good part that happened. I just forgot about it. This put my brain to goddamn sleep. Like, th- between this and Reborn, it has been the most boring hour of anime I've seen in a very long time. Like, mm. th- this little segment we get with the actual story of the woman and trying to hide this body is really, really good. Like, this is the one the one bit out of everything that was assigned homework for this episode that I was into and everything else. Yes. There's a T-Rex guy later on, and that's actually okay. Th- but everything surrounding the T-Rex guy. Long. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, so, this is 15 minutes. Of of the whole body hiding thing? Yes. Yeah, it's like a half hour episode, isn't it? No, it's like 24 minutes credits uh, and uh intro and okay. everything. It, so it felt longer than that to me, but uh I think yeah, you're so just this, in this a whole... bad mood tonight. I, cause I had to watch some real suck ass anime. No, but, but the problem is, I think you thought this anime was suck ass because you're in a bad mood, and it's actually totally oh. fine. I was fine going into it, and I was bored by it immediately. No, you were not. And then it then it brought me back around with this story about the woman trying to hide the body. You're biased. This and then that and and then that cut off, and it went back into boring crap of Rohan fucking around. It's just And there was a little bit where the girl breaks her head open and I thought, oh, I wish that was me. Alright, we'll have her go on. This is disgusting. So, this this whole thing is that she's her father and basically her future fiance are coming over. She has this boyfriend who's playing like R type or something. So he seems like a great guy. Uh and she's trying to kick him out. Uh, gives him a bunch of money, tells him to get lost, and they kind of start getting into this fight uh, that culminates in her pushing him back into like a into like a bunch of uh, golf clubs, and one of them punctures his skull and kills him. Uh huh. So the the whole the tension of this scene is that her father and her fiancé are at the door, they want in, but she has a body that is just profusely bleeding and she needs to hide it. And so she tries to, like, close the wound first, but nothing's working. Like, she tries to sew it shut, and that's no good. Uh, she heats up a spoon and tries to cauterize it, and... The spoon just, like, really goes good... in. Yeah. Like, that's the it's... thing. This whole thing I thought was very funny. Yeah. Funny, but also, like, just the right amount of disgusting. Yeah, especially the end of it. Yeah. At the end, I, it I, turns I, into like... some real Junji Ito shit, but... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I do like that there's just... She's freaking out so much and is at one point just like, okay, just take all my clothes off. Just all of them off. I need to hide this body. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of this of her just trying to, like, get this dude to stop bleeding, and she's just, like, down to her underwear. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'll give them some credit. Uh, they actually animated the underwear like it's not skin tight, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, something you don't see very often. It's like, huh, that's neat. That's the thing. is like, they, but these two OVA episodes, I think the animation's pretty good. Yeah. Well, and not they... much happened in the first one, so... 
No, but like this is, it, I, I think the animation has its chance to shine the most in this specific segment. Like this has been the most stuff actually happening up to this point. Oh yeah. Uh, and again, it it's incredibly tense in a way that the action in the first episode was not. Uh, but also kind of funny. Like this this has a lot of character, and I really really liked it. Um, I mean, ultimately, it's, nothing... it's tense in the same way that Ferris Bueller running home at the end of the movie <laughs> is tense. Like you're kind of like, oh, I hope he gets there. But it's also not like, oh, 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 oh. I, I was genu- genuinely wondering how it was going to end because it seemed like her fiancé was going to come in at any moment and she just did not have a solution for what was happening. Until she does and moves with remarkable speed, just rolls the guy up in a carpet, throws him on top of the fridge, there's blood splatter all over the wall, so she just pushes the fridge over to cover it up. And then somehow gets dressed in an instant. So when this guy walks in, she's just facing the fridge and wiping it down with a rag in each hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like slow hypnotic motions. Seems if I walked in on somebody and they were just moving the way that they were, I would get really freaked out and just leave. Mm-hmm. Like the the end of the Blair Witch Project, where the dude's just standing in the corner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so you hear like this gulping sound, like in between her talking. And what's going on is the the dude's head is sort of sticking out of the end of this rolled up carpet, and it's still bleeding and trickling down the fridge. And so she's just like drinking it all up. Uh huh. Somehow oh. the the dude doesn't notice anything. <laughs> Even though it seems like you'd still totally see that. I would like to mention here, um, part of the reason I probably was not bored during that opening part with Rohan at the cafe is because I was just focusing on the background music, which was great. It's just like this weird little rock thing of a guy going like, Joe! Or something like, I don't remember exactly how it went, but it was weird and I loved it. I was barely paying attention to what anyone was actually saying. I was trying to pay attention to what they were saying, and it was just similar to the previous episode where it was like, this does not need to be this long. Well, that's your problem. Look, he got Akira and Tamami their autographs made out of coffee. Like when, when you brought them up, I did remember, but I had genuinely forgotten them even showing up. I thought they that. were going to have more of a presence in this because uh, the screenshots I had seen of this episode had them in it. So I thought, oh, maybe they're going to be involved, but nope. I remember Koichi, though, because he shows up out of nowhere and it terrified me. Yes, he shows up for three seconds at the end. <laughs> yeah. We still don't see oh, Josuke's just... face, either. It's like, wh- oh. what What dark secret is he hiding? Have they not figured out how to draw Josuke? They somehow just did not secure the rights to Josuke, and that's it. Yeah, he's being fake shimped in this. Like, that's actually <laughs> Bruce Campbell in a wig. That'd uh, be good. Uh, so th- this whole story goes on for like a little bit further past this, uh, which is that instead of, I don't know, like burying the body someplace, she keeps it in like a box up in the attic and it drains the same amount of blood each and every day into a little glass jar. And as part of her daily routine, she empties it out without anyone noticing. Uh, and also she's completely lost it by this point and is 
Like there's a bit where like if she sprays water on his face, he returns to like how he looked before. Because like without the blood, he looks like an old man. Mm-hmm. Well, worse than that, like he's straight up mummified. Yeah, like he's totally dried out, um, shriveled up eyeballs. But water restores him temporarily, and there's like ne- never any real reason for this given. Uh, but like, it's 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 so she can. So she can put the corpse's ding-dong in her hoo-ha. Well, yeah, she's, like, practically making out with him. I mean, but I she, mean, like, she has a daughter from the corpse, so yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, it, specifically why it is water that restores him and not, like, something that would maybe tie into the stuff that happened. You realize you're talking like, about that's ghost, that's... right? Like, this, it's, it's a yokai. <laughs> it's not gonna make sense. I thought that they just, you know, they look like funny animals and they make you hate your dad or something. No, Yokai Watch is not accurate. Well, no, this you, is alarming go, go to watch, me. Go watch the movie 13 Assassins by Takashi Miike and you'll learn okay. all about Yokai. Hmm. Alright. I genuinely oh, wait, know nothing actually about Actually, you might not so. want, want to watch that because it has a, one very strange part out of nowhere that's just a little boy peeing. Don't know why it's in there, but I well, wish it wasn't. Stick from from the director of Visitor Q. <laughs> That's right, from the director of Ichi the Killer. Who would I mean, guess? I mean, if you want to talk about fucking corpses, I guess. I mean that movie also, like Thirteen Assassins, also has a part where a um, quadruple amputee lady writhes around naked. Uh, and yet, the most disturbing thing is a small. Wait, I'm boy sorry. Rides around naked on what? Well, it's like on the floor. Okay, I thought it was like she was riding on an animal or something. Like she just had like a saddle on. It. No, writhing. It riding, like writhing. Oh, and writhing. Riding. Okay, this is better than my mental picture of her just riding around on like the back of a dog or something. The worst version <laughs> of Lady Godiva ever. Yeah. She has a saddle, she's got a cowboy hat on, some reins. Yeah, has to hold she's the reins in her teeth. Them in her teeth. Yep. Yeah. Yeehaw. Get the Kashimiki on the phone. I got a hit for him. It's gonna be the sequel to Sukiyaki Western Django. Yeah. He'll make it too, he fucking makes everything. Yeah, he makes Dude, like eight movies, like a year. movies a year. Yeah. yeah. Uh so so yeah, um, she she keeps him up there, and then we kind of cut back over to Rohan, and he's basically he's got like a a realtor guy or something who's who's trying to convince him to sell the mountain, and Rohan's up there trying to kind of scope it out again, and he comes across this uh, girl as as he's heading up to the house that you know the corpse and the the corpse fucker live, and this girl notices him and says, "Oh hey, you're Rohan, right?" Uh, and as she's like running away, uh, she trips and she bashes her skull open on a rock. And it turns out this this is how we find out she is the daughter of this woman uh, because she starts bleeding profusely in the same way that he did. Uh, and so Rohan's like, "Oh no, I'm going to get cursed by a ghost." And so he uses Heaven's Door and he writes in her like, "I don't know who Rohan is and I don't remember him." Not uh, sure how this makes her head heal. Uh, yes, but... this this brings her back to life somehow. 
Rohan can raise the dead, apparently, which has never been established. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And that's, like, basically it. We then cut back to the cafe, and Rohan's just like, oh, yeah, so you know that I was able to fully understand the significance of the mountain, and so I refused to sell it. And then a horrible-looking Koichi shows up. Say, hey, Rohan, it's me, Koichi. Uh, you know me, um, your old buddy, Koichi. Yeah, that's how he talks. <laughs> that's how this Just Koichi like talks. He holds a little box up to the hole in his throat. Yep. <laughs> you remember the show The PJs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a character on that show whose whole thing was just, he has a voice box. Because that's funny. Yep. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. What was a, the, wasn't there like a fat kid whose name was Juicy? I think so. That sounds right. And then, that show like, was on around the same time as my cousin Skeeter. Yeah, just cousin Skeeter, but yes. Yeah. Um, also around the same time as Futurama, I think. Um, yeah. Also, I think Eddie Murphy like wasn't even on the show for the whole run of it. Even like oh, did they did they just get like a sound alike? Yeah, even though it was oh, created man, by him, and the whole thing was it's an Eddie Murphy claymation sitcom. It's like they couldn't even bother to get Eddie Murphy in there to do the voice. Huh. I don't know who he was. Yeah, I don't remember him, that. It also didn't even last that long. So like he maybe did one season of it and was like, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, no, at the end of this episode, I I don't think the end is so much boring as it's just. It did not feel like a satisfying ending to that story to me. Like, it, it just felt like it was building up to a payoff that I guess never came, and I found that a little frustrating. The stuff with the daughter just kind of is over and done with so quickly. So far, these Rohan series, or these ep- Rohan episodes, remind me of Hellboy. Like, the whole thing is just him sort of wandering around and finding these supernatural things and just sort of witnessing them happen. And then just being like, huh, all right, and leaving. And it's just like, well, yeah. that's, that's kind of a weird thing. Or a, like, Man-Thing. Like, a lot of the Man-Thing comics were like that. At least Hellboy, like, does, like, fight stuff and whatever, but... Uh. I I think the difference, though, between those things is I feel more invested in the characters in Hellboy. Like, Rohan, it's maybe dawning on me that I don't really care for him a whole lot as a character when he's not interacting with the other characters of part four specifically like his dynamic with joe's k and koichi is part of what makes him an interesting character for me to watch and when it's these things of him just stumbling upon something i mostly just find him to be very boring i agree with that um i guess it's kind of just araki like has an affinity for him because he is also a manga artist and yeah but yeah like i would rather see a dumbass Okuyasu, like, wandering into a yokai den. But, yeah, because, yeah, like, Okuyasu is a lot better as far as, like, a reactionary character goes. As, mm-hmm. as somebody who just has a visceral response to the world around him. I mean, look at the whole episode where he goes to Tonio's. If this were yes. just Okuyasu stumbling into this stuff, it'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But with, with Rohan, I just kind of find it to be a very flat character. And it's probably a lot of why I found the opening of this episode to be so dull is he's he's interacting with a character that is not established and a character that is just there as a means of pushing 
the actual plot of the episode forward, and it could have been done quicker. It's also weird that he kind of just goes there on his own. Like uh, in the previous one, he was paired with uh, Koichi at least. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I thought the direction we were going to go with this was like him living with Koichi, and like that's a concept that I think interests me more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I did genuinely like the story of the guy who just kept bleeding out. It, you brought up Junji Ito. Having been reading a lot of Junji Ito's works over the last few weeks, that's definitely the vibe I got from it, was that it was sort of approaching that kind of a story, and I thought it was really, really interesting. To kind of contrast it a bit, though, is I feel Junji Ito telling that kind of story, it would feel a lot more complete. Like, the resolution just was not quite there for me, but the setup and the premise was very interesting. Yeah. So... I don't know, I, I, as I expressed to you, I thought this was one half an interesting episode and one half something that I was just kind of bored by. Okay. And I, st- I stand by. All right. It's not because I'm in a bad mood. I'm in a perfectly fine mood. <laughs> uh, all right, if you say so. I am. I'm fine. So that brings us to Roulette. Every time I look into your eyes, it's Roulette. So we can at least, yeah, we can at least agree that this was a fucking disaster. Yeah. Oh, God. So I was, like, relieved when you said that your eyes were just glazing over during this, because that was the exact same reaction that I had, and I was really worried that I was maybe just too distracted by other things. Like, it starts off good when somebody just says something about, what is it, like a character was taken by the witches that were realtors or something? Yeah, the, the witches of Eastwick. They yeah, came and they right. stole the anim- anime babies. I don't know, man. This like I can't. Yeah. I watched this thirty about thirty six minutes ago, and mm-hmm. I don't remember almost anything that happened in it. Yeah, so th- this starts much the same way as the previous episode, in that the actual episode doesn't kick in until about five minutes 40 seconds something like that uh including the time it takes to get through the opening um opening best part i like that song yeah reminds me of uh, the, uh, the jojo intro from part four with the let the voice of love bring you higher that one yeah that's a good that is a good opening to part part four had a lot of good opening yeah it did yeah they had that one that i didn't like but yeah, what you were wrong about because that's a good one. No, I was going to say, thinking back on it, as far as anime intros go, it's still pretty good. I just don't think it was as good as a lot of other Japanese eh. intros. I mean, it's the worst of the part four ones, but I still like it. Also, it's not there for I mean, very that... long. <laughs> yeah, no, that also might be part of why I didn't like it as much, is the other intros to part four were so good. Yeah. And that one just kind of, like... It's fine, I guess. It's just it's not up to the same level. Yeah. Um, and I cheated a bit because I have seen like all the other intros to that like well before we. Uh huh. 
kind of knew it was coming. Um, <laughs> clearly, we want to talk about Reborn so bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes like five and a half minutes to actually get to the episode. But then here's the thing. This episode is structured in a way that makes it feel like the recap never fucking stops. Yeah, it's weird because they spend a lot of time explaining everything, and yet I have no idea what was happening. Exactly. Like, it bounces around in time a lot. There's this timeline where we are gathered around a campfire. Or no, there's a timeline where, like, there's just two characters who are hurt, and there's a princess character here. Then there's a timeline that seems a little bit ahead of that where everyone's around a campfire, and there's, like, 25 different characters there. Yeah, Which I is great. Know. Because I don't know who any of them are. You know, the idea of anime roulette uh, <laughs> sometimes can backfire. It can yeah. be a bit no, too much. There's That's that's the thing, is when I saw like the, it had panned out and it shows the sheer quantity of characters there, and I thought for a moment, like, oh, this is going to be a real good anime roulette because there's no way this isn't the most goddamn confusing shit. And then it's, as and you it said, is. it was too much. Yeah. You know, you can get, like, a good amount... Like, Hunter x Hunter, I think, is the best example so far. Where it's just like, I don't yeah. know what any of this stuff is, but it's... I can actually follow it, at least, and have a good time. Yeah. I this, I agree 100% uh... with that. Uh, th this was, I saw 25 characters standing around a campfire, and then I slipped into an anime roulette version of a diabetic coma. It was too. It was too much. I was on the ground, foaming at the mouth. Get your anime sugar level up. <laughs> That's right. Now I got to take anime insulin for the rest of my life. Uh, I did it to myself. I got type two anime diabetes. Um, yeah. Then there's this other timeline where I guess like either simultaneous battles or battles taking place at different moments in time. And then there's another timeline where the villain characters are also meeting together and conspiring that take place before the battles, but it's in the daytime. So it's either before the campfire or it's after the campfire the next day, during the day, and then the battles take place sometime else. And here's yeah. the thing. If you structured these chronologically, maybe that would work. They don't do that. It bounces around constantly. For a while, I wasn't sure if that was what was happening or if it was just like, this is what's happening, and meanwhile, this is happening over here. But then it gets to a point where it's like, oh, they're around a campfire at night, and the other battle is in the yeah. daytime. The, so the thing that tipped me off to that was there was a character at the campfire who was also participating in one of the battles, and then the way it kind of bounces back to like the character sort of realizing faults about himself ties into the conversation at the campfire yes by he, that point i had figured it out like when Go uh, goku dara or whatever was at both but before that yeah you have all of these guys and it, it didn't register to me like oh that's the guy from the other thing oh that's right i forgot about a totally different timeline where two of the protagonist characters are fighting with each other <laughs> there's also uh the girl that's floating around and yelling at boo whatever that is yeah I don't know if that ever no, comes think, up again. No, it doesn't. And I think that Boo is her catchphrase. I think she's looking for the fight that is involving uh, her companion, which is the the guy who summons up the power of a T-Rex, which, by the way, the only entertaining part of this episode 
was a guy going like, I've got the power of a T-Rex. It can use any sort of DNA, including DNA from 65 million years ago. I, I thought Boo was like maybe her like baby thing that was giving her power. Though I never saw one, so I don't know. I read I it more as her going like, oh, Boo, I can't find this guy. Like, it, like I took mm-hmm. that more of... Yeah, maybe. Like she was saying that as a, a way of showing exacerbation. Look, it doesn't matter because... Of what? Yeah. Exacerbation. She was exacerbated. She yeah. exacerbated. She exacerbated herself, and that's why she kept saying his name over and over again. Uh, yeah. What? It really exasperated the situation, didn't it? No, it exacerbated it. <laughs> yeah. I know what I said. <laughs> okay. Look. It doesn't matter. I regard nothing. None of this matters, because I'm never going to watch this show again, and it's leaving the roulette this week, so fuck it. Yep. (laughs) I'm glad we're completely... I'm glad that we had the exact same experience with this episode of Reborn. There's a guy, he turns into a T-Rex man, and the other guy has a bow, forms a bow, and shoots him. It doesn't, doesn't really do anything, but then he shoots a super bow, and that's the end of the episode. Okay. The end. We're done. 43 yeah. minutes. We did it. <sighs> Shortest episode of all time. I think. Yeah. Well. I played almost all of Kingdom Hearts this week. Oh. How's that going? Well, this episode was too short, so now we have to talk about Kingdom Hearts. That's how it's going. Oh, okay. I I paid $30 for the game, and I played it, and now we have to talk about it. I'm It's in the terms of service. It's in the EULA that I agreed to when I opened up the game for the first time. It's too bad uh, you couldn't have done this back when I was playing it, and we could have had a shared misery. Well, yeah. That's the thing is I've always been super apprehensive about jumping into Kingdom Hearts because I had a good sense that the first game did not hold up. Then by all uh, means, wait until now where you have uh, 800 <laughs> hours of it to wade through. Uh-huh. No, it, it hit the point where like you had linked me like, oh, the, the price is the lowest it's ever been. And I had some excess money with nothing better to spend it on. So I finally was like, fine, I'll buy Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible value. You get a whole lot of game for little money. You do. As for the quality of it. uh, There's maybe one good game in that whole set. uh, I say maybe because you told me that you have to go replay all the worlds in it, and that sounds like it sucks ass. Oh, no, I wouldn't say two is one of the good ones. I'd say Birth by Sleep Uh and uh, the uh, 2.8, or point two. Well, the Ground Zeroes one for Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Fragmentary Passage? Yeah, Fragmentary Passage, but I don't remember what yeah. the uh, the numbering is. I think it's 0.2. Yeah, I, I do remember hearing people say that Birth by Sleep is actually really good. And my problem is, in my brain, I keep conflating that with Chain of Memories, because I played Chain of Memories back in the day, and it was terrible. Like, that is the reason I never played any more Kingdom Hearts, was Chain of Memories. I never played uh, Chain of Memories back in the day, and I think Kingdom Hearts 2 works way well, better if you don't. Well, have you played Kingdom Hearts the first? Yeah. You just played Chain of Memories, except it played better. 
Well, yeah, because you don't have to deal with cards. You don't need a card yeah. to hit with a keyblade. What if it told virtually the same story, but on a fucking Game Boy Advance? Oh, well, Game so Boy... instead of getting to in, instead of getting to hear James Woods, you just gotta read all his lines. The thing is, though, the Game Boy Advance version of Chain of Memories is probably way better than the PS2 one because at least on Game Boy, you don't have to deal with the bad camera and running around in 3D and trying to hit things while also dealing with cards. Yeah, so that's the thing, is that having watched footage of that game on the PlayStation 2, it the thing that strikes me the most about it is like, okay, you've made this like a 3D arena thing, so why couldn't you just make it like the first Kingdom Hearts at that point? It's a weird thing because they obviously put a lot of effort into that to completely remake that game in 3D. Uh, at yeah. the same time, wh- why? Yeah. You didn't need to be that faithful. There's already some games on this thing that are just the cutscenes. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think anyone would have been upset if Chain of Memories, of uh, all things, was just the cutscenes. I bet there are I, people who really, really like Chain of Memories. Those people are. I don't wrong, know a single person. But... I, I have been watching a lot of like Kingdom Hearts retrospectives and stuff since I've been playing the first game. I've never heard one person say a positive thing about Chain of Memories. Well, I have. I there's a good person on Mastodon, Dank Wraith. Uh, good poster, like him, but uh, T likes Chain of Memories battle system. I do not I understand it. But you're saying this is their Saturday li- Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Oh well. Look, we all gotta have our thing. I guess so. I I like Sonic games. You like Funko Pops. We all have a <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, it's my favorite. I mean, I've got so many of them. <laughs> Turns out you weren't reading from the catalog. You were reading from the back of all the boxes of the Funko Pops you bought. That's right. I was just looking at my shelves yeah. and telling you about They're my still... Backstreet Boys. <laughs> They're still hermetically sealed. <sighs> that's the thing. I'm, I'm sorry not to get off Kingdom Hearts, but like that's the thing that drives <laughs> me the most insane about people who buy Funko Pops are the people who leave them in the fucking boxes. Like, yeah, Jackass, that's really going to appreciate and value. What the fuck is wrong with you? And some of them actually do. Is there a Hunter S. Thompson ah! Funko Pop? I want to know. <laughs> I gar- I guarantee there is if you're in Loathing in yeah. Las Vegas Funko. There, there has to be. That's what um, I was thinking. It has to be a Raul Duke. Funko Pop. Can you do can you do me a favor when you're done searching that one? Is okay. look up Kingdom Hearts Funko Pop. There does not seem and to just be. tell and just tell me how many. Uh well there's a Mickey. Oh yep. The, oh boy, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet there is. There's Mickey with a keyblade. There's there's Sora, okay. Riku, Kyrie, a Heartless. They're the um monster versions of everyone from kingdom hearts 3 plus now what's his name the uh mask guy then a riku also from kingdom hearts 3 another mickey from kingdom hearts 3 that's enough there's goofy and donald oh god oh there's chip and dale and pete yeah, there's great. There's yeah. plenty. Chip and Dale, my my favorite characters. The people, the, the oh god, the gummy ship. There's a soldier heartless. Oh, there's a black and white uh, Pete. Uh, Halloween Town Sora. 
Uh, wait, hold on, wait a second. Is this real? Yeah. I don't know. This is the last one, and it's... then I then I need to talk about Kingdom Hearts okay, 1. Apparently this is real. There's an only at GameStop set that has Sora, Goofy, and Donald in their Tron outfits. I bet right. that one's expensive. I bet that's like the one that people pay a lot for. Maybe. Because they're stupid. I would I would pay more to get a figure that's a GameStop exclusive online than to actually go inside of a GameStop to buy it. Hold on. I'm sending you an image of this. I don't know what this is. Okay. What is this? <laughs> this says it's goofy. That's goofy with a few too many chromosomes. <laughs> this goof. This is not a real yeah, goof. No, it's a goof. Um, I don't believe in this goof. Please find a way to just make the description for this episode that image. <laughs> I wonder if I can. I can at least direct link to it. <laughs> oh this, no! This goofy is. I can't even describe that. This is just yeah. the most unfortunate goof I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's only at uh, GameStop, so you gotta go there if you want this goof. Kingdom Hearts 1, I'm almost done with it. Uh, the only things I have left to do is to beat four of the super bosses, uh, which are Kurt the Phantom. I, I beat Kurt Ziza, which my favorite thing is that they had a, a contest where you could get <laughs> your name as a Kingdom Hearts boss, and yep. Kurt Ziza is the one that won. Yep. I don't know if Ziza is his actual last name, but like my thought process is it is, and the people who judged the contest just looked for the most Final Fantasy-ass sounding name that they could find among everyone who participated. Yeah. But like, imagine if that boss's name were just like George Brundle. <laughs> I'm gonna go fight the secret boss, Tommy Tallarico. <laughs> Heard Larry Davis is in Agrabah and he's up to no good. That's right. <laughs> have to head out to the Cave of Wonders. Uh, so I beat Kurtziza. Um, so I have to do I have to do Phantom, the Ice Titan, Sephiroth. Uh, Sephiroth is actually I think the single hardest boss fight I have ever played in any video game. Okay. I remember that taking me like a solid week uh, back when the game first came out, which. For the record, the last time I played Kingdom Hearts was when it was first released, so it has been a very long time. Yeah, I don't know that uh, I ever beat him back then. I think I beat Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts 2. But 2, I think, if... So I haven't played 2, but I had friends who were playing it a lot at the time, and so I have some exposure to it. Wasn't he, like, mandatory? Like, you had to beat him to progress the story? I think so, but I think there was, like, a second version of him that was way stronger. That was an okay. optional thing after. That makes sense then. But yeah, he was always very difficult because it entirely boiled down to can you mash heal fast enough because you were going to take a lot of damage. Yeah, like there wasn't uh, there was not a whole lot you could do to like dodge his shit. There wasn't a lot you could do as far as like parrying him or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I still wish um Kingdom Hearts 3 had like gone back to the mana system from Kingdom Hearts 1 or at least done something like uh, Birth by Sleep does where all of your stuff is just on cooldowns so it actually makes you want to use them well in Kingdom Hearts 2 it's like they use a certain amount of mana and you don't regenerate mana 
You just have to completely empty your bar and then it will regenerate and you can't use anything until it's fully regenerated. Ah, that sounds awful. Yeah, it does. So I never use magic in Kingdom Hearts 2. I only use the heals, which use your entire bar no matter what. So... Well, yeah, like, in in Kingdom Hearts 1, I'm finding that the only things I'm really incentivized to use are the uh, heal and the defensive spell, which I think is, like, arrow. Yeah. Um, And then, like... There's a lot of moments in that game where you are fighting enemies on high up platforms and they are flying around in the air and Donald and Goofy are too damn dumb to actually be able to hit those things. So your options are to jump in the air and wallop them and then fall way the hell down and have to like backtrack a bunch of the level or shoot them with magic. So I always had like fire on my um on my shortcut because it seemed like the most reliable to hit things with. Yeah. Uh, so those were like the only spells I've used. Uh, I did not use really any summons until I got Tinkerbell because she just constantly heals you. So she seems like the only one that had any like real utility to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, see, it's another uh, thing in Kingdom from... Hearts too. Like summons use your whole MP bar again. So right. Don't really use them. No reason to use them. Yeah. Well, also, like, Kingdom Hearts 1, they get rid of Donald and Goofy. Tinkerbell's, like, the only one that doesn't do that. Yeah. Which, again, is another, like, check in her favor. She's the only one that you really want to use. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I got Sephiroth ahead of me, and I'm I'm kind of dreading that because I know it's difficult. I know that I am just barely meeting the suggested, like, level barrier to go into him, which means I'm inev- inevitably going to have to grind. Uh and combat is so good in that game that that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, you love pressing the same button over and over. Yeah, over and over and over and over until I throw up all over myself. Uh-huh. Until I again wish that I was the girl who cracked her head open in the Rohan episode. Okay, at least in Kingdom Hearts 2, you have more combos, and you can jump around, and you have the different forms, and you can yeah. do stuff. In I... 1, it's just bop, 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 bop. There, that's your combo. Yeah, I I am at least relieved that you because I had approached you saying like, "Hey, does the combat get better in these games?" And it, it, at least you said that it, it does. So, because yeah. otherwise, mean, I would be like so turned away from continuing this yeah. mess that I got myself into. Yeah, I think Birth by Sleep is probably the best of them because it has all of the elements from two, except uh, with everything on cooldown, so you actually have reasons to use all of that stuff plus the weird like. The things where you like summon in someone else from a different realm or whatever, like it's pretty good, and it has new areas too. It's not just rehashing everything like previous. Like it has a Lilo and Stitch level, so yeah, like Lilo. Also has a mini game that's just Fortune Street. You know how much (laughs) I love Fortune Street, and you know how much I love Kingdom Hearts mini games. Oh yeah, you don't have to do it though. Because they're great. It never makes you. No, you do if you're a lunatic like me. So I, look, originally when I set out to do this, I was like, all right, my goals for Kingdom Hearts 1 is to beat the game, but I also want to beat Sephiroth. I want to know if I can still do that. Because like part of me is noticing that like my reaction time in games is getting progressively worse as I get older. Oh, definitely. And so I really want to see if I can I can do what I did back when I was like 15 years old. Um. But then when I this came out. When the first Kingdom Hearts came out, I 
I think I was. That can't be right. What year did it come out? Oh, it was like 2002. Game, game, 2002, I would have been... Yeah, 15. Oh, well, okay. Guess I forgot yeah. how old you are. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> That, that half, my, half my life, if you look at it this way, half my life has been leading up to me replaying Kingdom Hearts. I mean, it, it is um, every, weird to me. The reaction I ever took was just leading up to this moment. Like Kingdom Hearts 2 was like 2005, too. It's like late PS2. Yeah. Yeah, remember when they made Kingdom Hearts games like fairly close after each other? Well, they've kept doing it. It's just that now they're all spin-offs and not like main numbered entries, yeah. even though you still need to play them to understand what in the holy hell is going on. Absolutely. That's why the collection is the story so far. Yes, and also uh, every single one was on a different platform. Yeah. Here's yeah, one so on fun 3DS. Games. Those are important. Yeah. Play this on your Nokia. Yeah, this browser game that has a terrible art style. Hope you played that. Uh-huh. Because that's all about the Keyblade Wars. There's <laughs> the thing at the end of Old, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 that is like, I don't know who these people are. And like I thought this was supposed to be like a big reveal or something, but like no, they were already in that thing. Like, the, that was all about huh. them. Great. Well, I'm definitely not playing that. I'll look up, like, a synopsis for it. Uh, no, but it, yeah, so those the, are the in there. The, cut was... scene, the cutscenes from that are in that thing. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I I can't keep any of this stuff it's straight. Like, um, and, I've, the... uh, and I've only played the first one, and I'm terrified. It's like that uh, 356, 365 uh, by two days or whatever one. Yeah. It's, it's just the cutscenes from that. Also, that's, you don't need to watch those. Yeah, that's good because I've also heard that game is not actually even remotely approaching good. Um, that's one I so feel yeah, like it, actually could have been good if they did a port of it like with Birth by Sleep where, oh, now you have a right stick to control the camera because otherwise it's like it was playing a 3D action game on the ds the right stick camera movement in the original in final mix is so slow yeah and it gets caught on everything the neverland was mm -hmm. just vibrating constantly yeah when you're in the ship yeah, yeah there was like multiple points in that game where i was just like i really should just shut it off <laughs> Like, this is a feature that you think would be like a quality of life improvement. Like, oh shit, man, I can move the camera in Kingdom Hearts? You always could, couldn't you? I don't think you could. I thought that, like, originally it was fixed. No, like, I it think was you just could. behind your back. No. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's virtually worthless anyway. Like, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Because it it just moves so sluggishly and it constantly is just trailing back to its starting position. Mm -hmm. So and I, when I was replaying this, I mentioned to you that that first game is like a bunch of tiny square rooms that you just walk back and forth between to hope an event triggers so something <laughs> yes. will happen, anything. And now you see that I was not exaggerating. No, you weren't. Uh, first of all, the design of the Alice in Wonderland... 
Let's break down the worlds. Okay. Allison wanted. Well, that's not the first one. Travers Town is the first one that you that you really dive into. And Traverse Town, at first glance, seems all right. It's fairly expansive for a first area in, in a game, and it meters out shadows to you in a way that is helping you understand the mechanics of the game. Uh -huh. There's, it, it seems like it's setting up a bunch of side quests. You're getting little hints of like these little trinity marks. You're like, oh, what's that? You go and see fucking Pongo? You're like, hey, Pongo! What up, Pongo? I like dogs! What up, Pongo? Your yo, your Dalmatians are missing. Oh, word! I'm gonna have to find all those, aren't I? I'm gonna hunt down all 102 yeah. of these. Yes, 102 Dalmatians specifically is what they based this iteration of the Dalmatians on. Isn't it though? Aren't there 102? Because no, it's it like the oh, the no, movie it's 101. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I have to go find Hugh Laurie so, and Glenn Close. So, to, to, to go back just just a second, um, I started out just wanting to beat this game and beat Sephiroth. That changed. Halfway through the game, I was so angry at the game that I understood that I could not let the game win. So oh the God. only way to well and truly defeat Kingdom Hearts and to lock it away forever is to get the secret ending. I enjoy how you turned into a robot just, just now. <laughs> like, that's the perfect yes. time for that to happen. I'm a machine, and I have a singular desire, and it is to defeat Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Uh, to do the secret ending, you need to find all the Dalmatians, all of the torn pages, and complete all of the worlds. You need to seal them all, including the Hundred Acre Woods. Uh, there's There's one more component of that. I want to say, but I can't remember what it was. But at this point in the game, I have satisfied all the requirements. So, to this game's credit, the Dalmatians are really not that much of a hassle because you find them in groups of three. Okay. So, I didn't have to do, like, a ton of backtracking that for that. Also, the torn pages were, like, fairly easy to find because there's only, like, five of them. Actually getting through the Hundred Acre Woods is miserable. Yeah. It's just the worst collection of minigames I think I've ever played in my entire life. It is designed for babies. I understand that this is basically supposed to be baby's first JRPG, but in a game that has sick shit like Sephiroth, it is unreal to me that the Hundred Acre Woods was the last, like, air quotes, dungeon that I had to fulfill. Also, here's the thing. All of those cutscenes, as I have mentioned before, are, like, scenes from the movies, but slowed down in a really weird way like everything yeah. is much more stilted than it really should be and then when you do that to Winnie the Pooh which is already a very oh slow paced thing it's just like oh my god stop Jesus. talking yeah. hurry hurry please move go I and so much of that too is just dialogue boxes that you need to read because they couldn't get all the voice actors for the Winnie the Pooh. Well, I like wish they got, there was more of that. They got, then at least you can just mash X and get through it. No, because it's so slow to do that. It's slower than just like because you can skip the cutscenes now. Oh, I could just skip the actual cutscene, but I can't skip the dialogue that I got to sit through, and that's a problem oh. in Winnie the Pooh where there's so many damn characters, and the only ones that are voiced are Tigger, Pooh, and Piglet. So you better hope nobody else shows up, because then you're getting dialogue boxes. I, think, I tried uh, to do that before bed one night, thinking like, oh, it's a bunch of minigames, I could have this done in an hour. An hour went by, I only got like 20% of it done. I think uh, 
In Kingdom Hearts 3, Rabbit is voiced by Troy Baker. I think. <laughs> I might be wrong about that. <laughs> Boo got too fat, and now he's stuck in a hole. No go, Pooh. Bring the legend back to life. <laughs> uh... So, I also like, though, that a lot of the stuff with, like, find the Dalmatians, get the torn pages back, is basically just setting all the wrongs that Ansem has oh, committed right. It's Tom and so Kenny. I just, like Tom Kenny is oh, okay. Rabbit. That makes more sense. All right, that, yeah, that's, that's much more acceptable. Uh, so I like that, like, Ansem's idea of evil is, like, he went to Traverse Town, shoved a bunch of puppies into treasure chests, and then dumped them underwater, and then just, like, found a book and started ripping pages out of it. Yeah. I mean... Like, what? He's a dick. Look, he's Billy Zane. What do you expect? <laughs> By the way, so, now, now that you've heard Ansem speak, like, wasn't it worth all that money to get Billy Zane to voice him? <laughs> yeah, not that you're going to say, wasn't it worth all that money I spent to buy and play the game? <laughs> and the answer is absolutely. Sure. Listen to your friend Billy Zane. He's a cool dude. <laughs> yeah. So Traverse Town, decent starting area. I'm jazzed up. I got a whole bunch of like little nuggets and side quests and stuff laid out for me. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is, I've wanted a JRPG I could sink my teeth into and maybe this is it. And then I go to Wonderland. Ugh. And I stare into the void. Because Wonderland is just so bizarre. I, it has been a long time since I watched Alice in Wonderland. I'm pretty sure it did not take place in... A bunch of interconnected children's rooms that were painted to look like Alice in Wonderland. Why is all of that enclosed? I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, that that was the thing. Going back to it, I also remembered um, the Tarzan world as being much more open than it actually is because it's the same thing. It's just like all of these walls with grass on them. Yeah. It, it made me wonder, because as you progress through the game, it does, generally speaking, feel more spacious and more open in some of these locations, but this in particular just seemed so rudimentary. It was like, was this a test area that you guys slapped some textures on? Yeah, and like, like Agrabah 2 is also just, there are a bunch oh, of squares. Is, yeah, like, here's five rooms, and it's, like, kind of vertical, and it gets confusing because everything looks the same. We'll get to Agrabah. Uh, no, we won't. We don't, need to, we don't need to run down every world. There's so, so much to say about all of them. Look, we just... Fine, this but, is just a pad yes. time. We're at an hour eight now, so... This is the Kingdom Hearts episode, damn it. The Kingdom Hearts cast. Uh, Finally! <laughs> this is what we've been building towards. Welcome to Breaking Hearts with George and Larry. Hey. It's not uh, bad. Yeah. So, yeah, Alice in Wonderland is just super weird, and then you, you brought up Deep Jungle, and that was, like, the moment, I think, actually, where it kind of clicked to me that this was maybe going to just be a bad game. Because, like, when I first started playing it, and you do the bit where you surf down the tree trunk, and I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. There's a little action bit to kind of break stuff up. I'm going to go meet Jane, and this is going to be awesome. And, like, Clayton's going to be here. He's a creep. That's cool. I liked Tarzan. Phil Collins. Ugh. Thankfully, <laughs> it's free of Phil Collins. Yeah, thank Christ. Uh, Shout out to Helan. Nothing. Never mind. Go ahead. So on my third time surfing down the same tree trunk, I had a moment 
where I sort of like let go of the controller and just let the tree trunk do whatever it wanted to be because it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, it's just going to be like the whole level is I'm just going to run the same loop going top to bottom over and over again until it eventually just ends. And that is exactly what Deep Jungle is. Yep. Uh, go up here because you have to go up here to see the thing where the uh, jaguar attacks. And then you go back here to see Clayton be a dick to the gorillas or whatever. And... Now you got to go back up because all the gorillas up at the top are in danger. And you need to free them from the heartless attack. And... There's there's a section of that that's a bunch of vines, and yep. you jump onto the yes. vines and and oh, you, oh you go between them, and it controls so poorly. You need to tap triangle to jump onto the initial vine. Actually, you don't. Even though the game tells you to do that, you can just jump at the vine and you'll make contact with it. And it took me forever to figure this out because I kept jumping from one vine using X and then like tapping triangle mid air, thinking that's what I had to do, and I kept just falling down. And then you fall down and you got to go through this whole bullshit platforming thing because you don't have glide yet and it sucks. Yeah, it doesn't just respawn you at the beginning. It like puts you in a different area. So that's cool. And that's consistent with all the, the worlds that, that basically like scroll rooms vertically is if you fall down from one, you fall down through all of them. Uh, and platforming in this game is some real like it feels like very early PlayStation 2 platforming and that it is absolutely terrible. That's not oh. fair, because before this game came out, you had great games like Sly Cooper and Ratchet and Clank. That's there was true. no excuse. Yeah, Goofy that, that is unfair. This Sora is his stupid-ass giant shoes. That's why he couldn't platform well. He could barely <laughs> walk in those things. Uh, so, that, so here's a... I bring up the Vine section, because I was stuck on this for 40 minutes. It's because you missed Vine. And I was getting... I, I was getting incredibly angry about it. And then I noticed I panned the camera around at the starting area and there's just a vine behind you that you would never see unless you panned the camera around or approached from a whole different spawn area. If you go up that fucking vine, it takes you straight to the treehouse. Yep. Yeah. Nice little shortcut there for you. 40 minutes of my life. To get to the tree, I thought I had to do the damn thing. I, ah. Deep jungle is so bad. Yeah. You know. Then you get out of it. You're just like you got to deal with more gummy shit bullshit. You say like, oh, it's so bad. I don't think there's a single world in Kingdom Hearts One that's good. No, like that was going to be the joke of recapping all the world. They oh. are all terrible. Okay. Uh, except for like maybe the Colosseum, actually, but that's just like it's a bunch of combat arenas. Well, yeah, that's not really a world. Like, yeah, I look. I know. I know. I just need. I need something positive to in, latch on to with this game. In three, you actually do get to like go to Olympus and like the Mount yeah, Olympus that, and everything, that, and that's cool. But, that and the Toy Story segment are like the only ones that I've actually sat the down. Toy and, Story like, one's bad. It, the Toys Story 1 looked pretty bad. Um, although I do really like hearing Woody and Buzz trying to like parse through Kingdom Hearts bullshit. Well, the thing about the Toy Story 1 is it starts out really cool in Andy's room and like outside his house and everything, but then the actual like the Toy Store segment, which is 90% of it, is bad. Also, that plot has zero resolution. Like, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. 
Okay, so they find out that basically they have been split off into an alternate reality. Uh, oh no! Yeah, and the rest of them are never going to get back. Like they're never going to see Andy again. And Sora's just like, oh my God. Sora's like, huh? All right, well, see ya. And he leaves. <laughs> and that's it. What? That's so messed up. It is. That's. I've not seen those toys get done dirty like that since they were almost incinerated. Yeah. What? Wow. It's weird. Like, yeah, they just do absolutely nothing. And Sora leaves, and Woody's just like, yeah, well, I understand it. I, you have to go do something. So I assume they are just stuck there forever. All right, bye, Sora. I had a family once, but, you know, you have fun with your friends. Yeah. Is Toy Story 4, like, a prequel, by the way? Uh, I actually have no idea. This isn't, like, uh, I, they're still in Andy's room, and he gave them away at the end of 3. I only saw the trailer, like, the teaser trailer, and that had Buzz in it, so I'm assuming it's not a prequel to 1, at the very least. Right. In, in fact, it had, the, it, had the, it had Jesse in it. So if it's yeah. a prequel to anything, it would just be 3. Yes. I don't... It might be. I have no well, idea. I, I didn't mean like it was a prequel to everything, but I mean it's not after uh, 3. Yeah. I don't know. But they're calling it 4. Yeah. There, there's the, the gummy the gummy ship. I need to talk about the gummy ship. All because right. it's, 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 it's literally the worst part about this game. That, that they had to pad these, like, spaceship shooter segments... Where you actually don't need to move, you just hold down the shoot button and you'll kill everything. But it, it they go on for so long between worlds. Yeah. And then they give you, like, the, as you're shooting these things, you're collecting, like, parts for more gummy ships that you can customize. And I tried to, like, bounce into that menu. First of all, the menu's, like, set up, like, some weird, like, mid-90s CD-ROM game. Yeah. It has like all these weird borders around it and everything. Yeah, that that seemed like of a noticeable lower quality to everything else in the game. Well, which yeah, to because be fair, they're they're like two D assets, and they were like, ah, we're not gonna bother yes. upresing these. Yeah, I was gonna say to be fair, I'm playing Final Mix, so they probably look worse than they did in the actual like base Kingdom Hearts. Um, uh, why is that? Well, because it's just like a. They it seemed like they did not res that up, like out of everything else, like those textures are still super super muddy. Yeah, it's like remember that one door in the Resident Evil remake before the snake boss that looks terrible. <laughs> oh right, yeah, that was it, weird. it looks like about on par with that. Huh. Especially when, like, you think that the gummy ship, basically, like, that was the easiest thing for them because that ain't got no texture. Sure. <laughs> so you got this super, like, high-res series of blocks here, and then the 2D board around, it's all fuzzy and blurry. It's like when you play uh, an N64 game on an emulator, and it's like, uh, this stuff <laughs> yeah. looks alright. And then anything involving text or, like, UI elements just looks like absolute yeah. garbage. Oh, check out all this artifacting. Mm -hmm. Video games are happening. Uh, yeah, like the customization thing was so confusing to me because like I didn't pay attention to it, which is on me, really. 
but like you don't back out from like if you put a part down in the grid and then you hit the B button, it doesn't get rid of the part. It like the sets the part. Speaking so I kept time. having like this crisis of just hitting all the buttons, figuring out like I didn't want to place this thing. How do I get rid of it? And then backing all the way out without being able to get rid of the piece and then just going like, no, don't save any of the changes. And so, like, after fucking around with this for maybe half an hour, I decided I'm never upgrading the gummy ship. And I haven't. And it turns out it doesn't matter. Nope, it does not. Because I didn't either. Uh, I can tell you building a gummy ship is still horrible in Kingdom Hearts 3. I was so angry when I heard that they were bringing that back. It's so weird. Like, everything about 3 is like, this could have released two years after Kingdom Hearts 2. It would just it would look worse, but other than that, everything about it seems like a 2008 video game. It's because Square is not in the business of making good video games anymore, dude. They're just they're so dumb. Well, don't worry, we've got Final Fantasy VII remake coming out. Great, they'll screw that up too. It'll be great. Every, every, everybody loves Final Fantasy VII, right? I love the aesthetics of Final Fantasy VII. I love how that world looks and how the characters look. And yeah, so, like, the you, idea of that remake is very appealing to me because it's like Cloud with his hoof hands, right? No, that's like that's the thing is now I can digest this aesthetic that I like, but without it being like the most poorly aged PlayStation One graphics. Like, no more ho- hoof hands. I get this real weird, cool looking world. But, like, I know it's just going to be, like, dragged down by this awful gameplay. You know what, Because it's, like, the same dude who did Kingdom Hearts 3, and I'm already about done with Kingdom Hearts. You know what, though? I would take that, because at least that way I can just mash my way through it and look at it. Yeah. And not have to think, like, I oh, guess. look, I guess sit through another summon animation. Oh, boy, here's yeah. random battles. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm cool with some animations if, like, I can just skip it after the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, okay. I know. That's a good one, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I think they did that in, like, Zodiac Age, is you only had to watch them, like, the first time, and then you could skip them. Yeah. Or, like, I think, like, the, the HD version of Final Fantasy VIII did the same thing. Well, that's the right way to do it, is, like, those are cool animations, I but, like, they're two minutes long, and I don't want to watch it every single time. Here comes so let me see it the, the one round time. again. Yeah, no, I, I beat Emerald Weapon, and that was literally just, like, an hour of letting Knights of the Round play over and over again. Yep. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. I had fun. Well, had that's what talking about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah. Look forward uh, to our recap of Kingdom Hearts 2 in the future, <laughs> assuming you beat that before uh, JoJo wins. No, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm probably not going to. Turns out, so I said I have four super bosses left because there's one they added to Final Mix, who's just like an Organization 13 looking guy. And the first line of like the guide that I was reading for this was like, this boss is harder than Sephiroth. <laughs> yeah, it's a Zimnus, so, I think. Yeah, I get that to look forward to. I'm never beating this thing. Hooray. Literally, all I have to do is beat those four bosses and then, like, the Ansem fights, because, like, thankfully, the point of no return is right in front of the gate that just takes you to the last boss of the game. Yeah. So, so thankfully, like, everything's done. There, there was a brief moment where I thought that I was going to get, like, the ultimate weapon and fuck around with synth- synthesis stuff, uh, but that is so bad. Like... 
Oh, I know boy. people who genuinely love uh, Monster Hunter, and to me, that game is nothing but like just grinding out these items to build a thing so you can hop back and grind out more items. Yeah. My point is, I understand why people find that appealing. I understand that that game definitely has like its fan base. It's not mm. for me. But here's yeah. the thing, though. Fighting monsters in Monster Hunter is fun. Fighting yes. things in Kingdom Hearts is not. Also, Absolutely. in Kingdom Hearts 3, I was going to go for the ultimate weapon because it's actually, the requirements don't seem that weird. Like, you basically just have to find these Orichalcum pluses, which are just sort of hidden around. But yeah. the main thing is, to get one of them, you have to get all of the treasures in this sledding minigame in the Frozen World. And it is terrible. And I took two runs at it and was like, hmm, no thanks. I'm just going to finish the game and be done with this. Because also, it's like, to get this, you basically have to do everything but the final boss anyway, so what's really the point of having the ultimate weapon if you're only going to use it on the final boss? Also, game is not hard. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's where I ended up with it. Because, like, with my with my Monster Hunter analogy, it, it's the same thing where, like, I think the people who I know who enjoy Monster Hunter Me. would hate grinding out the synthesis items and I already don't like Monster Hunter because of the grind, so this is especially bad for me. Yeah. Uh, also, but I did it to get the... Look, imagine how good it would be if Sora had a switch axe. I mean... Oh, man, that would be pretty good. Give Donald, give Goofy a charge blade. <laughs> Donald Duck you. is just one of the one of the cat things. <laughs> That's right, Donald's a palico. Just rolling, rolling around on his little boat. Uh huh. That's a cute little oh, that's leaf adorable. Boat. Oh, that's a Donald that I like. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I did it up to a point because there's an experience, uh, grinding item, and I need that to get prepared for Sephiroth, obviously. Uh, and just getting that like required just like one of each of four different gems that took me to four totally different worlds. That had to fight, had to satisfy four totally different requirements, two of which in particular were excruciating and were just actually getting me angry. And then I looked ahead in the guide because you don't get access to every like synthesis option until like you have to do so much, then it unlocks more, like that kind of thing. So I looked far ahead to see, like, okay, what ultimately am I going to need? Is it worth doing this? And it was just like, hey, those items that you just like suffered to get, yeah, do that like. Five more times just for one item, and then like a bunch more times for a bunch of different items. Kingdom Hearts is a nightmare, is what we're learning. Yeah, yes, one that I may never wake up from. <laughs> just wait till you get to the good game, though. You'll be like, oh, this is refreshing. Imagine yeah, they could have been I'm... doing this the whole time. <laughs> God, that actually might just make me more angry. <laughs> good. Like, oh, this is the good one, and they put it on PSP. Yeah. I, I don't want to keep going on about this, but I do at least want to say as far as the story goes, like, I understand Kingdom Hearts gets real crazy, like, real fast after one. So it's kind of interesting going back and digesting the plot of one and actually having it be, like, relatively comprehensible. Mm-hmm. Like, it... I understand how the Heartless and all that stuff, like, I, I get a decent idea of, like, okay, here's how you get to Kingdom Hearts and, like, what that means about how the worlds are linked together. Like, it makes sense so far. 
I can't wait to until I get to the point where boys are getting norded, yeah. and there's like time travel and multiple versions of Ansem just floating around out there. And it's also weird because Kingdom Hearts One is when the Disney stuff actually like had relevance to the plot. Yeah. And by three, like none of that remains. Like even in Birth by Sleep, it's like you're still going through Disney worlds, but none of that matters. Like this yeah. has absolutely zero relevance. It's entirely about Square's original character, Do Not Steal, and all of their. Yeah, stuff. no. By three, you're just casting Woody and Buzz into the shadow dimension. <laughs> That's right. They just send Buzz Sorry, into the negative zone. Oh God. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so you know I was actually hoping to. I was huh. gonna say, just so you know, we're at an hour and twenty six minutes, huh. almost an hour and thirty. Oh, no, I'm I'm, uh, I'm wrapping for, up. Forty I'm minutes up. was our anime talk. Yep. Hey, look, man. Reborn could have been so much more than it was, but it wasn't. So I, I would like to mention also. Welcome to Kingdom Hearts chat. That's right. I, I would like to mention. Uh, I am aware that I misquoted Revolver Ocelot. He says, "Let the legend come back to life, not bring the legend back to life." I have to mention that, otherwise, I'm going to get a very angry message from Timmy. So mm. I, I just have to well, say that. Look, he got mad at me once when I uh, said. AK-47s and pineapples instead of 556ers and pineapples. So. Yeah. Well, I was hoping to have Kingdom Hearts completely done before this podcast because I had a feeling we were going to talk about it because it's an experience. Yeah. Uh, One that nobody should have. Don't don't do it to yourself. No. (laughs) I'm doing it to myself so you don't have to, really. Hmm. Well, hey, that's not true. Doing it to myself because, like, on some sick level, I like it. Oh, hey, I need to find out what we're going to watch next week. That's right. Okay, well, I'm just going to do one. Reborn's after the roulette, so, I mean. But that means that you got to substitute Kingdom nine. Hearts chat back in. What? You have to substitute Kingdom Hearts chat into the roulette. No. No, absolutely. And if we not. land on it, we got to do this shit all over again. No. We got nine, which is Dobutsu Sentai Oh god Zyogre I like this already Did you know there's a Sentai show that is just Like it's entirely based around trains? I know that because you have told me about it I did? Okay, I I couldn't remember if I brought that up on the podcast or in private I don't remember, but I know you have told me about it Okay Um, well, but yes, that seems good, and I'll have to like find that and put it on here. Anyway, yeah. uh, we're gonna start episode twenty-four because there are forty-eight total. Thirty-one, okay. thirty-one. So we got oh, episode thirty-one of Dobutsu Sentai Zyogre. This is something about like a uh, like prehistoric. Well, I guess original Power Rangers was prehistoric animals, but yeah. it's like there's yeah, like a bird is- guy or something. Yeah, so my my limited understanding of Sentai, uh, dinosaur is like basically the fallback thing. Like that's the one that's traditionally done them the most well. Yeah, that's why there's like something like five different dinosaur series, is because it's just like whenever shit's not selling anymore, it's time oh, for yeah. another dinosaur. Actually, it looks like the new one is the dinosaur one too, Ryusulger. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I know this because I found some YouTube video that was explaining, like, here's what the current state of Sentai is. And I was like, that's extremely relevant to what we're doing. So I should brush up. Uh, and apparently that Lupin Ranger thing did very poorly, yeah. uh, which I'm sure we've talked about. And so, yeah, yeah the, the fallback was was... because of like the props, like people didn't like it or something. Yeah. All right, it looks like here we've got a Red Ranger is a Birdman. Uh, yellow nice. is a lion. Oh, is he an attorney? Yeah, it's Harvey Birdman. Every episode starts with him saying, "I'll take the case." Uh, what? They're Megazord. Okay, we'll get into yeah. this. <laughs> we'll okay. Get into this. Uh, but it's right. generally a good sign when you do a preview of it and you start laughing. So I'm excited. <laughs> the sword looks so I dumb. I do want to leave you with this uh, this sick little thought, though. Uh, speaking of old PlayStation Two games, hold on, wait, oh, wait. I I have to read. I think this is going to be a new segment. I have to read what this. Uh, it is estimated that approximately 800 million species of organisms live on Earth. However, we have only discovered about 170 million of those species. On this planet of ours, there are still many creatures that we know nothing about. Yamato Kazakiri, a novice zoologist, winds up lost on Zooland, another world located on Earth. There he meets four Zooman, anthropomorphic sapient animals. Meanwhile, the human world is attacked by space outlaw group Death Galian, led by Guinness, the creator of a vicious blood game. From their ship, the Sagittari Ark, the Death Galians send monsters to attack Earth. Yamato and the Zumans cannot forgive the Death Galians for attacking. As proud beings living on the Earth, these five people awaken their instincts and become Zyogur. With their king's credentials in hand, the human and Zumans join together to fight for their home, sky, land, and sea. The dream team of animal kings, the strongest animal heroes in Super Sentai history are born. Don't underestimate this planet to exclamation points. Ay ay ay. Yeah. I mean this says they're Egg. the strongest heroes Elf. in history, so mm. no point in seeing yeah. any more after this one. I just really like the name Zoomin. I really like Death Galian. <laughs> they're all good. Uh no, I was gonna say before we uh shut this thing down. Uh, I was thinking as we started doing anime roulette, you know how they have like an anime for like Gungrave and one for like Devil May Cry? What if they had a Kingdom Hearts anime? They don't need it because the games are already anime. I, yeah, but like, what if there was a Kingdom Hearts anime and it like it did the same thing as the other Kingdom Hearts game where it introduced a whole bunch of new crap and it was actually essential and then that could be part of anime roulette? That would be terrible. I mean, I would understand so little about it, it would kind of be perfect for me. Like, that's my ideal anime roulette. All right, well, until next time. Uh, next time when we actually have another JoJo's episode to watch, like an actual-ass JoJo's. Yeah, good, great. Yeah, it'll be back for five episodes. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, no, hopefully another special broadcast coincides with me finishing that because uh, we're out of Rohans. We'll find something. Yeah. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye, 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 bye
if it's your restaurant, and I'm your melody. Come on, whisper what it is you want. You ain't never had a friend like me. Yes, sir, we pride ourselves on service. You're the boss, the king, the shah. Say what you wish, it's yours. True dish about a little more baklava. As some are calling me, try all of calling me. I'm in the mood to help you, dude. You ain't never had a friend like me. They drew first blood, not me. Look, Johnny. Let me come in and get you the hell out of there. They drew first blood.